Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg with Power Systems Design. And by this point, we're all pretty well aware of the global drive towards electric vehicles, courtesy of tax rebates, regulations, high gas prices, and automakers taking the initiative on their own. EV adoption has been swift. One study estimates that at the end of the banner pandemic year 2020, there were 10 million EVs on the road globally with electric car registrations up by 41% that year. And this was in a year racked by a global shutdown and a chip shortage. But we also know the factors holding EVs back from the mainstream, namely range anxiety, lack of infrastructure, and adjusting to new norms like possibly having to at least partially plan your day around a recharge or, or not if quick charge systems mature quickly. And on the line to discuss these matters, the co-CEO of NextGen Power Systems, Dinesh Ramanathan. So Dinesh, thanks for joining us. I, I read NextGen's white paper, Driving Advanced Performance NextGen Solutions for Electric Vehicles, and that got me thinking about these issues. And I saw where it lists the, the main roadblocks for EVs, but in your own words, what do you think is the single biggest impediment for mainstream EV adoption and why? Hey, hey Jason, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. Um, and I, I think the single biggest impediment, um, at least I see, is uh, cost. Uh, and then cost comes in multiple forms. It is uh, the EV being expensive. Uh, it's uh, the EV not having um, the infrastructure that you're typically used to with gas vehicles, which is, you know, stop in a, in, a, in a gas station and fill up your tank in, you know, 10 or 15 minutes and, you know, be on the road again. Um, so I, I think those two are... I mean, the biggest one is, is the cost of an EV. The cost needs to come down, but then that cost has uh, other implications that uh, that actually drive the, the, the perception of cost uh, high with, uh, with you know, potentially EV buyers at this time. Right. Now, do you think automakers should be putting all their eggs in one electric basket? Like you guys mentioned GM stopped stopping making gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles by 2035. Do you think society will have caught up by then? Uh, yeah, I, I think they will, and and I, I think it is important that uh, that there is a switch over from gasoline cars to electric cars. Um, and and what I mean by switch over is that you can't actually have companies like GM work on both technologies at the same time. Uh, there's always a push for incumbent technologies to to remain uh, active, and and it's exceedingly important for people to just make the switch over. Um, you know, and, and head in one direction. So uh, I, I think putting all the eggs into the electric basket is the right thing because it forces uh, everybody inside your company to think about how you're going to make this technology successful and it makes sure that the company's resources are all uh, focused on, on one piece of technology rather than trying to hedge their bets on um, gasoline cars and then not put a 100% effort on making sure that electric cars and the electric infrastructure actually becomes uh, becomes reality. Makes sense. Now, right now, the most expensive part of the EV is the battery pack, which just stands to reason. And I think in some cases, automakers may have increased their EV's range by just putting out bigger batteries, which not only introduces performance inefficiencies, but they're expensive. So what do you think could help bring down the cost of batteries in the future, or are we already headed there? Uh, I think we're kind of headed there. So, if you look at uh, the first set of batteries that were put out by, by Tesla in the initial vehicles that Tesla put out in the 2006 and 2007 kind of timeframe, um, the amount of uh, charge that was available in those batteries has actually gone up, uh, I think, almost twofold at this point in time. Um, and I think as more 
<laughs> cars go in the EV direction, that will only increase. There's also a significant amount of uh, money that has gone into new battery technologies that uh, uh, that folks have been focused on at this point in time. I mean, there's uh, um, uh, you know sodium batteries that, uh, that 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 are in the works. Um, driving the cost of batteries down is one of the key things that uh, um, that almost all EV companies are are focused on at this point in time. Today, lithium-ion does an excellent job, but then we also need to look for alternatives to lithium-ion that can actually give us the the same charge profile that lithium-ion has, and at the same time, the same retention of charge as well as um, you know depletion of charge. So, so these these are important parameters that uh, people are considering. Um, I, I think the most important thing is that everybody recognizes that this is one of the the, the, the key factors, and it's not only in terms of just uh, uh, energy for cars. Um, it also has implications in renewable energy storage. So I, I think there's a concerted attempt in trying to make sure that we have, um, you know, very good battery technology, and that will you know, only improve over time. Okay. Now, c- could you explain how vehicle-to-grid technology allows electric cars that are charging at home to give back to the power grid? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, if, you, if you look at uh, cars today, in fact, um, some of the Teslas that have, that have already come out, um, they have what's called an onboard charger. An onboard charger essentially takes power from your wall socket uh, and charges the battery that's inside the car. Um, the reverse can also actually work, which is taking the power from the battery um, and then pushing it into, into the grid, kind of like a, a, a solar cell, which basically takes DC power that gets generated from the solar cell and converts it into AC and puts it into the into the wall socket. So um being able to charge your car let's say at night um when the cost of electricity is lowest uh and then providing that power that's in the battery back into the grid during daytime um especially if your car is actually not being utilized which you know most of us uh don't use the cars while we are let in the office or uh it's parked somewhere else that allows uh you know the the, the grid technology to actually Uh, stabilize a little bit more, especially during peak uh, demand hours, which happens to be during the daytime. So so this technology is kind of already there. Um, It just hasn't been fully deployed um, because it's it's not relatively straightforward. There aren't, um, you know, stations where you can just plug your car in so that it can provide the power of your battery into the grid. Um, That that infrastructure has to still be developed uh, in order for us to be able to um, use the charge that the battery has during the daytime, for instance. Okay, well, Dinesh, before I let you go, near the end of the white paper, it mentions how the biggest causes of energy loss in motors are eddy currents. Um, Can you give like a top-level description? What are eddy currents and how do you deal with them? Yeah, sure. So um, eddy currents are uh, currents that actually get induced into any kind of conductor uh, when a magnetic field that's actually going through that conductor changes. Uh, so just to reiterate that point, uh, if you have a conducting surface, uh, let's say like a big sheet of metal, um, and you take a, a, a magnet and move the magnet up and down um, along that, uh, that, that, sheet of, uh, that sheet of metal, um, what will happen is uh, that the magnet will actually induce a, a magnetic field onto the, uh, onto the metal sheet. And when you're moving that magnet up and down, you're changing the magnetic field in the metal sheet. And that change in magnetic field induces eddy currents. And if you did this for long enough, you'll actually see that the metal sheet gets hot. It's essentially, 
uh, eddy currents that are actually causing the metal sheet to actually warm up. Um, so the, these eddy currents typically are you are the greatest uh, uh, sources of losses inside the, inside a motor. And uh, one way to actually reduce the eddy currents inside a motor is to make sure that the uh, the motor actually sees a perfect sinusoidal wave in in operating it. So uh, if you can provide it a perfect sinusoidal wave with no DC components into it, which means that the up and down motion of the of that magnet is not there, uh, then you actually eliminate eddy currents. And if you can eliminate eddy currents, you can reduce the losses inside a motor pretty significantly. Perfect. Uh, well, thanks, Dinesh. On behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe and healthy and have a great day.